The morning show's over, but they're still talking. This right here, this rambling, boring conversation containing already made before observations, this could be a podcast. It's Liz and Scotty's Potty. Thank you so much for taking the time to find this podcast, Liz and Scotty's Potty. Listening to the radio is one thing, but digging around to find a podcast takes a little work, and we really appreciate you guys doing that. That's Liz, by the way. Good morning. My name is Scotty, and uh, we thought we'd just, uh, as we head for the weekend a little bit, just maybe take a look back at the week and uh, see some of the the highlights, lowlights, you know, maybe some stuff we've done on the air, but maybe even some stuff that we didn't really talk about. We don't have time to to dig in. We feel like with these potties, we can kind of do that a little bit. The one thing that jumps to my mind from this week is is when one of those when a sports story becomes a a bigger deal than that and Aaron Rodgers being injured four plays into the game was just heartbreaking to me Mm -hmm. and not everybody likes Aaron Rodgers he is a polarizing figure um but it's been interesting to see to see sportscasters and other people this week be like I don't even like Aaron Rodgers and that still stinks all of the hype and build up, uh, and, and the Jets, who is one of those franchises that, that has suffered a lot over the years, never just been great. They won one Super Bowl a hundred years ago with Joe Namath, you know, and ever since then, they've just been pretty much either bad or mediocre. And for those poor fans, this whole summer to be looking forward to, because they were good last year and they had a really good defense and, and you think, well, all, all they need is a quarterback. Well, they go out and they get one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. So much anticipation. Four plays into the game, he gets injured. So, I don't know. I just, I, I feel bad for those Jets fans. Yeah, and the fact that he can't even come back like halfway through the season. Yeah. It, he's out for the entirety of it. Yeah, and it, by the end of the week, we started hearing that uh, he does plan on coming back, though. Mm-hmm. It is not going to be an easy rehab for a 40-year-old guy, but he says, the way he talks, he plans on putting in the time and the work and the effort, and he wants to, to give it one more shake. I mean, it'll be next season, if yeah. at all. But Yeah, he said something along the lines of, it's darkest before dawn or yeah. something like that. So, yeah. praying for his recovery? Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't wish that on anybody. No. You know, I mean, even if even if you don't like the Jets, you don't wish that on anybody. That may not have been the most exciting football story of the week, though. We we touched on this a little bit on the radio, um, and that is the uh, I don't know. Do we still call it a rumor, Liz? Speculation, yeah. Speculation that Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs and Taylor Swift of the world <laughs> uh, may be an item. Mm-hmm. Now. Liz is the one who knows a lot more about this. She's going to do all the talking. Okay. But, but let me set it up a little bit because, to my knowledge, did this all get started back this summer? Taylor was at, was at Arrowhead. And I remember seeing some headlines or some social media stuff about Travis Kelsey trying to get his number, talking about trying to get his number to Taylor Swift. Correct. And it seemed like kind of a jokey thing. To me, like he wasn't necessarily that serious. Not that he wouldn't have given it to her, but it wasn't like it was a hard target search. You know, this was the thing he was absolutely wanted to make sure happened. It was just kind of a fun thing. It seemed to me. Is that where it all began? Yeah, I think so. And I think initially it was a joking matter because 
Travis like openly was telling everybody that he put his phone number on a friendship bracelet and he was trying so hard to meet Taylor Swift while she was in Kansas City, but it just did not work out. Okay. So at that point, it's still kind of, ah, that's a cute story, whatever, let's move on, Exactly. It died down for a few weeks and then all of a sudden rumors started happening and I think the first kind of red flag for a lot of us Taylor listeners was the fact that both Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey were in New York at the exact same time. Now, this wouldn't necessarily raise any red flags initially because Taylor Swift lives in New York City. However, Travis Kelsey was really hush-hush about the fact that he was in New York. He didn't say anything about the matter, and people actually just caught him on the streets, and they're like, I wonder why he's in New York City. And he never responded to any of those questions. He's not really a hush-hush guy. Exactly. He's very open about like where he is and what he's doing. So the fact that he was in New York City and he was being really hush-hush about it, that definitely was like, hmm, interesting. We'll take note. Okay. By itself, still maybe not that big a deal. Exactly. But then couple weeks later he's on the podcast with his brother called new heights which is their podcast they do together and jason was noticing that travis's mustache was sticking around a little bit longer than it typically does because i guess he shaves it off after preseason football is done with but he just so happened to be keeping it on and he asked he was like what does taylor think of your mustache And it happened so fast. Travis got so red in the face and he instantly shut it down. He was like, we're not going to talk about Taylor. And Jason pressed it a little bit more. He's like, but come on, Taylor. He's like, no, no, come on, Jason. We're not going to talk about Taylor. And it was just very interesting. Also, uh, like quite jarring once again that he just did not want to talk about the subject, even though he was the initial person bringing up Taylor Swift and the fact that he would be interested in dating her. And he's very animated normally about everything else he talks about and makes a joke out of it, makes light Mm -hmm. out of it, but just pretty much shut it down. Exactly. Okay. All right. So a couple of days ago, somebody from one of their two respective camps, my guess it was Travis Kelsey's camp, said they're not necessarily dating. However, they're seeing each other quietly. (laughs) We're seeing each other quietly. So, so maybe they've had dinner or something, or there's or maybe been they're some hanging out. They're, okay. there's, yeah, they're seeing if this is going to be a thing. Okay, so and you follow this stuff, not just this story, but a lot of these types of things. Do do you buy this? This coming from one of their camps? I mean, is this is this a sort of thing that you would normally put some stock into, or I wouldn't necessarily put stock into it by itself. But the fact that it just happened after these other two clues were given, okay. I think okay. there could be potentially smoke. So I'm I'm for it. I'm for it. But now it's so funny because I've gotten into this rabbit hole of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Right? <laughs> right. People are thinking that. This is all Taylor Swift's undermining, and she really just wants the Eagles to win the Super Bowl this year, so she's going to distract 
Travis Kelsey enough for the Chiefs to not be good this season. Really? <laughs> yes. And people have receipts for this, too. They're like, Taylor Swift is not going to be returning to her Eras tour until November. So she's got some decent time off. So who knows? She might be hunkering down in Kansas City right now. And one of her favorite pastimes is to bake. So what's she doing? Baking lots of bread, cupcakes, and cookies for Travis Kelsey. And he's going to get Fat. Trying to fatten him up so he's no good on the football field so that the Philadelphia Eagles can win the Super Bowl. All Taylor Swift's master plan. Makes complete sense to me. <laughs> you know, the other thing that jumps out at me, and we've talked about this when it comes to Taylor, again, they're both 33 years old, mm-hmm. which I, I tell you, I, I I try not to, but I when I think Taylor, I still think 18-year-old girl. Yeah. Or it, maybe not even 18, but 22. It, it it always surprises me. I'm like, crap, she's in her 30s. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, so. she's a full-blown woman. Okay. And Travis Kelsey is a full-blown man. So I'm I'm for this. <laughs> okay, Liz the Romantic wants this to happen. 1,000%. Uh, there are those who are not in favor of it, and, and one that we know of for sure is Eric Bremer. Um, not that he has anything against the two of them falling in love, but as a Chiefs fan, it's football season. Travis Kelsey needs to be focused on football and not be out here distracted with taylor swift i get it i have a feeling there's probably a lot of chiefs kingdom people like that you know what i mean i get it but on the flip side of things this could drive a lot more revenue and income for kansas city as a town like if taylor swift is seen around town lord only knows the droves of people that will be driving to kansas city to try and spot her just for paparazzi a b if this relationship sticks around who knows she could be performing more in kansas city or just missouri as a whole so this could be good for us guys this is funny (laughs) okay so if if you were going to put a percentage on it of how much you believe it's true or not true where are you at right now 75 percent true okay so All right. I'm leaning towards that direction. I haven't seen any stone cold facts right. that this is legitimate, right. but I could see it happening. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that update. Oh, you're so welcome. Going to switch gears just a little bit because uh, earlier this week, a guy passed away and, and many people will not know who he is. Some will. Um, he is a, uh, a country singer from Texas. His name is Charlie Robinson. Well, I... Played ball every single fall I could run just like the wind I went to college like they asked me to But they didn't ask my friends I don't think I've seen a single classroom But I drank a lot of beer My buddies still love to listen to me When I talk about that year So I'll see you in Houston if I ever get out that way, I'll see you in Dallas. But I won't have long to stay if you're ever out west, son. And you're feeling like slowing down, I'll see you around, around my hometown. Now, that's a, a song of Charlie's called My Hometown, and... He's one of these Texas guys, uh, red dirt country. He's one of these guys that never really hit mainstream big time, but I don't know that necessarily he was trying to hit mainstream big time. I mean, he had a Nashville record deal for a while. He got one song that kind of, you know, got on the radio, 
But these Texas guys, these red dirt guys, they're happy in Texas. They don't want to play the Nashville game, and they can make a good living just playing in Texas. He's one of those guys. And uh, I first heard of him years ago. I'm guessing it was either 2000 or 2001. And Clear 99 used to always set up at the Missouri State Fair right in front of the grandstand. And we would be there all day. And at one point, we were right across the kind of the, the street from the bud tent. And the bud tent is where, you know, smaller acts would come, but you could go in there and have a cold beer and just during the day, and there'd be music playing throughout the day. And I just happened to want, I didn't hear him, know his name, anything. I happened to just walk into the tent to see what was going on. And Charlie Robinson was in there, and he either sang that song, My Hometown, I can't remember if it was that one or another one, he's got called Sunset Boulevard. And I just became transfixed with this guy. I don't know why. I, I can't explain why. I remember listening to him do a few songs in there and going, okay, he's really good. Came back to the radio station, kind of dug through our CD collection that we had and found one of his CDs and took it home and listened to it and could not stop listening to it after that. Mm-hmm. You know how sometimes you just make a connection with a song because of where you're at in your life or those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the way I was with Charlie Robinson. I joked about this on the air earlier this week that I didn't want to talk too much about him because he was that guy for me. You know, when you have a friend that discovers a new TV show or a new artist or something and they drive you crazy because they love them so much, they want to make sure that you love them too. 1000%. That's the way I was with all of my friends with Charlie Robinson. They were tired (laughs) of hearing and I'd be like, oh my God, listen to this song. Listen to this song. And I don't, for some reason, I just went, Hedo, you talk about going down the rabbit hole. I just was infatuated with this guy. I think part of it, I was in kind of a songwriting phase at that point in my life where I was, I was writing some songs or thinking about writing some songs or written some songs. I actually went to Nashville and took part into some uh, Nashville Songwriters Association you know, weekends and seminars and stuff like that. Just trying to, you say, oh, is this something I think I could do this or mm-hmm. I have a passion for it and, and all that. So this was kind of at that time frame too. And his lyrics just spoke to me. There was something about it. He was, he was married to one of the Dixie chicks. I can't remember which one. It wasn't Natalie, but one of the sisters. He was married to, to one of them. And, and like I said, got a record deal and you heard about him for a little bit, but then he kind of went away and just went back to Texas. Um, and, and speaking of his songwriting, I'll just give you an example. He, he wrote just honest, basic lyrics. He had a song called The Wedding Song. I was telling Liz about this one the other day. Yeah, he sent it to me. I sent it to him. And, and just, so go look for it. He's, there's a couple of different versions. The one he does with Natalie Maines from the Dixie Chicks is the best one, if you can find that. All of his songs were kind of about growing up in Texas and about Texas people and being poor, not necessarily seeing bigger things for yourself in life, Mm -hmm. which so many times you hear songs and they're about dreaming and these things you can accomplish. And this is more real life. You know what? This is our life and this is all we got. And this is all we're going to have. And he wrote this song called The Wedding Song. And I'll try, I'm doing this from memory, but he starts off singing. It's, It's called The Wedding Song. And he says, obviously he's singing to his bride to be. And he says, well, I am still here and you are still here. Whether I really loved you is not perfectly clear. You went a semester at West Texas State, but the freshman 15 you gained killed all your dates. I guess I still love you if I ever did. And I can see myself having a couple of kids, but we will get by for the rest of our lives. 
So you think, okay, that's kind of harsh or whatever. But then she sings a verse. And she says, well, I am still here and you are still here. Whether I ever loved you is not perfectly clear. While weight's not an issue, you have gained more. And when I said I do, I slammed the door on the dreams that I had of seeing Paris in spring. I was never prepared for the weight of this ring, but we will get by for the rest of our lives. Hmm. So it's this this couple in this small town just realizing this is it for us on their wedding day. The most hopeful, joyful day of their lives. And they're kind of realizing, you know what, we're settling. This is this is it. And this is going to be our lives from now on. And it was just something so real about that that it just kicks me right in the face, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and then the the chorus is funny too. It says, "So play the Cotton Eye Joe for the folks, don't you know? Keep your dogs in the truck till you leave. We got some wieners and buns when the brisket's all gone at this wedding in suburban Seguin, which Seguin, Texas, is yeah. what it's about." So, it was interesting this week because I went back and was listening to some more. And I had forgotten all of these things about how much I loved him and, and this rabbit hole that I went into and, and how much I loved him because I just started listening. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. So anyway, I don't know. You, He's he's a red dirt legend, they say, if you like. I told Liz, a lot of these newer guys, these these very honest new singers like your Bailey Zimmermans, your Morgan Wallen, you know, is in this too that are just kind of writing you know, simple down home, true lyrics. I mm-hmm. think a lot of these guys come from the lineage of Charlie Robinson. So, and he doesn't sound pretty. Like he right. doesn't sound like a present wrapped up in a bow. Yeah. He's a little bit grittier and dirtier, and I really like that sound too. So, I I enjoyed the music that you sent me. Great storyteller. Mm-hmm. He's got so many songs that are stories. Um, there's a song called uh, John O'Reilly, and he tells this story of this guy who comes from Ireland and comes over and gets into the boxing trade. And there's a song about a preacher and uh, how this preacher in this small town, this guy, he should be sad, but actually underneath the sadness, he's actually smiling because when this preacher gets buried, he's taken all. He goes, he knows everything I've ever done. He's been my preacher all these years. And he goes, my sins go with him when they put him in the hole, you know, and it's just, a, he just tells some great, great stories, honest, simple. Um, so Charlie Robinson is his name. It's like Robinson, but there's no N. Look him up and listen. You might like him too. I, I can't imagine that you'll be infatuated with him the way that I was, man, I got sucked in and it was just kind of fun to relive all of that. I was like, okay, I love, I still love this stuff mm-hmm. and I'm going to re-download it on my phone. It's one of those, you know, I'd changed phones 10 years ago and just some of the music went away with it and now i'm gonna make sure i got some back on there so anyway charlie robison may he rest in peace and like scotty said in the beginning thank you so much for finding this podcast we try to be as easy to find as possible so you can just search clear 99 on demand wherever you get your podcast that's spotify google apple Podcasts. we also have a brand new fancy app that you can download and you can find the podcast there or it's at clear99.com. Yeah, there's a podcast section that you can click on and uh, find the potties there plus the, the morning sip, which we do, which is kind of a little short little fun thing from the day. So you taking the time to find it, we really appreciate it. We'd love to connect with you on the socials too, guys. Uh, we were on uh, X. It's not Twitter, but X is just Clear 99 Mornings. Uh, there's Clear 99 on Instagram, which uh, Liz and I are both big Instagram fans, so we like using that one. Um, that's Clear 993. 
follow us. We'll follow you back. We love that. On Saturdays and Sunday mornings, I'll lay in bed with a cup of coffee and flip through because I want to see what concerts people went to Mm -hmm. and those sorts of things, you know. So we would love for you to follow us. Facebook, too. We've got a a Liz and Scotty Facebook page, and there's also a Clear 99 Facebook page, right? Mm -hmm. Which is super simple to find. Just search for at Clear 99 or at Liz and Scotty in the morning. And, of course, for you old school people like me, you can also just listen to the radio. Weekday mornings from 5.30 to 10. It's her, Liz, and me, Scotty, in the morning on today's Best Country, Clear 99. Liz and Scotty in the morning. First of all, it was the popping pimples. Now we find out Liz likes the wax that comes out of your ears. So, uh, a couple years ago, I had my ears cleaned, and it, it is a satisfying experience and needed neat feeling when they're doing it, but when they got done, the nurse asked me, so do you want to see what came back? I looked at her and said, hell no. Why would I want to do that? <laughs> oh, no. I feel like that's like the whole whole point of it is to see the prize that just came out of your ear. No, but it's, it's just not a too gross for me. <laughs> see what I'm talking about? Liz is talking about like it's a, a prize that you get at the bottom of your Cracker Jacks box. Well, I know I would never buy Cracker Jacks again if that's what I got at the bottom of mine. <laughs>